Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to introduce you to something that's revolutionary for burning calories and helping you get in the best shape of your life. It's the brand new multi-collagen advanced lean by Ancient Nutrition. Now, whether you prefer capsules or powder, this is the best supplement I've seen to helping you take your metabolism to a whole new level. Let me start with the capsules. Imagine burning 12 times more calories than diet and exercise alone while shedding six times more weight. This has been packed with a potent fat loss blend, including moringa leaf, turmeric rhizome extract, and these capsules are your secret weapon to achieving your weight loss goals. Now to the powder. With multi-collagen advanced lean powder, you'll experience fat loss, fewer cravings, more energy, and strength gains. This formula is your ticket to healthy weight management and muscle growth, enriched with clinically studied ingredients, including ashwagandha root and Ceylon cinnamon, plus with 10 types of collagen from 10 food-based sources, both the multi-collagen lean caps and powder are perfect partners for true progress. This is for a limited time only, but get 24% off today. Simply click the link in today's show description and use the code DRAX24. That'll get you 24% off multi-collagen advanced lean and all multi-collagen advanced products with the code DRAXE24. I can't wait to help you reach your health goals. Hello, friends. This is the Ancient Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Motley, and today we're going to talk about two important subjects. We're going to talk about Alzheimer's and dementia. We're going to talk about the brain. What are some of the things that could be done to actually help accentuate the strength and the balance of the brain? And what have I seen in the office, in the clinic, that have helped individuals with these conditions? So in this podcast, we're going to describe what Alzheimer dementia can do to the body, we're also going to talk about some of the remedies that I've seen do really well. But one of the biggest important things I want to talk about is the emotional status of the body, the emotional programs that could be contributing to the Alzheimer's and dementia and what needs to be basically cleared or tried to be cleared to help with the healing process of the brain. So in no way, guys, am I trying to act like I know the remedies for dementia and Alzheimer's. I know it's affected so many of you out there. I know that many of you have had relatives, uh, family members that have suffered from this horrible conditions or these horrible conditions. I've seen it with many of my patients, and I know that it is a hard, hard thing to deal with. To see loved ones, to see people you know go through dementia or Alzheimer's, and I've seen people where they've told me that, you know, I've just watched my family members fade away. And for all of you listening out there and you've had individuals that have had Alzheimer's or dementia, I know that it can be very tough. And if you see the individuals, you see the family members have it, like your parents, then there's all these reports about genetically, could you possibly be a person that could have the propensity to have dementia or Alzheimer's? Genetics do play a role. Remember, it's the triggering of the genes, the expression of the genes that can cause the demyelination or the injury to the nerves, causing an injury to the communication system of the nerves. So what triggers it? It could be environmental toxins. 
It could be pesticides. It could be genetically modified foods. It could be biochemical toxins that come from infections, which is a big role that we're going to talk about. And it also could be any form of um, infestation that can get to the brain, like through the ears, nose, eyes, and mouth. There's many different factors, and let's not get overwhelmed with this podcast. Let's just talk about some of the things that we've seen. And then if you guys like this podcast and want to hear more, then just let us know, and we'll put more out there about this subject. So if we talk about dementia or we talk about Alzheimer's, remember we're talking about memory issues. Um, Alzheimer's, and even if you're talking about MS or Parkinson's, one of the major things that you'll start to see with these types of conditions are there's going to be placking in the brain. And placking basically made up of calcium deposits. And some individuals and some researchers have shown that the placking can have high um, correlation to heavy metals, heavy metal toxicity in our bodies. So when I say heavy metals, the placking can actually be placking like the placking on your teeth and get into the ventricles. The ventricles basically are the small areas of the brain that are like small um, pockets. And all the pockets have different jobs. They help remove toxins. They help translate and actually transport different nutrients to parts of the brain. And the ventricles help with communication within the brain. They're like small pockets throughout the body or throughout the brain. And when there is placking in these areas, like the crud, like you see on your teeth or on mold on a shirt, uh, shower curtain, then it can decrease the neurological communication within the brain. Now, there are really good neurologists out there that talk about really good subjects about neurology, like Herman Deutsch, Dr. Herman Deutsch. He did a great book called How the Brain Changes Itself. He talks about neuroplasticity, about how the brain grows. And these are things that you guys need to read. They're great subject matter. I don't claim to know everything about neurology, but I've seen that when you have dementia or the placking in the body, there's placking, they say, that actually happens along the nerve as well. And so placking, when it gets out of control in the brain, can dysregulate or lower the amount of communication within the nerves, causing a dumbed down effect. For instance, if you have any forms of MS and even in some forms of Alzheimer's, they say that the nerves can actually get demyelinated. So you can have demyelination, which means that the nerve has fat coating around the nerve that acts as insulation. And that insulation increases the rate of neurological transmission, it increases the speed of the nerves. And when the fat around the nerve gets injured or inflamed or deteriorate, the nerve signal slows down. So your memory's slower. You can't think of something quick. You go, oh, what happened yesterday? Or I can't remember that guy's name. That could be a result of placking within the ventricles around the brain, Alzheimer's, dementia, demyelination, you know, stripping of the fats off the nerves like an MS. And you can have Parkinson type conditions as well that all have to do with, like we talked about, different types of plaques and different types of demyelination, injury to the brain. And there's many practitioners out there that say it's all inflammation. And there's other practitioners say the inflammation is caused by microbes and infections. I deal with a lot of microbes and infections. I've seen the brain get better by cleaning out a lot of the infections. I've seen individuals say it's all heavy metals. I think everything has its place. I think they all can affect the brain. 
we talk about heavy metal toxicity and plaquing guys. We're talking about like um, aluminum or mercury. We're talking about cobalt. We're talking about nickel. We can talk about lead. Uh, individuals that have come in and they've had like serious high amounts of aluminum or high amounts of lead. And they're like, I don't even understand. I don't live in a house that has lead piping. I don't, you know, eat horribly. But when you start to look at our culture today, like there's, they used to put aluminum, like basically this is what they've reported that even in flour, white flour back in the olden days and still presently that they use certain types of ground up aluminum to help with what? the stickiness of the flour during the baking also to heat it up titanium people said where do i get titanium i think they were saying that one of the skittles brands or something like that that even the european union was outlawing titanium oxide because they were using this powder in skittles or using it in candies and people say where do i get titanium from from food sources most heavy metals come from groundwater or food sources we are a country especially the united states that puts so much heavy metals to agglutinate or keep things congealed in, in the food sources, it makes things st sticky. Mercury. There's still people that get mercury put in their mouth. I'm not putting down any individual who has it. And if you have it out there, I wish you would get them removed, but I'm not. You can still live with them in your mouth if you start to detoxify the mercury out of the liver. And please don't think I'm trying to, you know, talk bad about anybody that's had it. But, you know, there's still practices that put mercury, which is known as a neurotoxin. And that mercury has a half-life of about 35 to 36 years. It means it takes 35 to 36 years for the mercury to break down halfway. And if it aspirates or if it vaporizes, because mercury can do it, it's not just in a solid, solid form. It can actually vaporize. And that vaporization form, if you're swallowing all the time from your teeth, metals can actually go up into your brain, up into your sinuses and lodge into the ventricles and into the areas of the brain. So you can have lead that can bypass or aluminum that have been known to bypass some of the parts of the blood's brain barrier. Why? Now, I'm trying to give you a backdrop. If you have placking in the brain, this is not to make you feel bad or say, I did all these things and now I have placking in the brain. Or if my, you know, the individuals I'm talking about that have family members that have had this, we're not trying to make anybody feel bad. Let's just get a history of it. If you have blood brain barrier dis um, disillusion, which means the fibrous, very tight, polaric, tight junctions within your arteries of your brain keep things out so that you have pure blood going to your brain. But what can cause loosening of that? It's shown in documentation that high amounts of sugar, our high sugar diet and our culture today can deteriorate the junctions of the blood brain barrier. Why? Because it causes chronic inflammation. That chronic inflammation can cause what? Inflammation around the arteries. And then you can start to get where you can have your own nerves start to work against your own junctions in your arteries almost like autoimmune of the brain you can get leaky brain you can get higher amounts of yeast high amounts of parasites those are attracted to high amounts of sugar and where is the place in your body that is need of the most sugar it's your brain your brain feeds off sugars primarily so your body will take all the carbs starches and any type of sugars that you eat and stick it to your brain first foremost, because it is your, you know, your coordinator. And so you start to have the sugar in there. And if you eat too much, then they've been shown through research that inflammation can happen to the arteries and it starts to loose, loosen the junctions and you start to get leaky brain. And then where do the infections like to go? Like, let's say we have yeast in the body. If you had a chronic yeast infection when you're a kid or chronic strep or chronic staph, they go towards the sugar. They smell it. 
It'll jump into your bloodstream. And if they can get across that blood-brain barrier, especially Lyme disease, because Lyme disease can burrow into anything because they're corkscrew-shaped. They will go into the blood-brain barrier, slip through, and they'll get into those areas of the brain that have lots of sugars, and they'll eat it. And then they produce tons of toxins. They're bio-waste. They'll produce biofilms. They'll produce their own placking. And this in itself can cause high amounts of inflammation. Not only do you have high amounts of inflammation that they've shown through sugar inflaming the brain, but also the biotoxins from microbes have been shown to actually infect the brain and cause higher amounts of inflammation throughout the nervous system of the brain. When this occurs, they also say that metals can slip past through. And the dangerous thing about certain metals, if they're vaporized or if they're in very small particulate forms, is that they get through the blood-brain barrier. They've done autopsies where they found that individuals with Alzheimer's, right? Back in the big day where they say it was aluminum. Because they found that with autopsies, they found heightened amount of aluminum in the ventricles of individuals with Alzheimer's and dementia. They also would normally find that individuals with Alzheimer's dementia had ventricles that were basically expanded or they were deteriorating. They're hollowing out, decrease in neurological tissue. The ventricles are actually growing. So you have decrease in neurological tissue causing what? Low brain function. Not enough brain tissue to actually function properly. Deterioration. The metals get in there. They bind to the specific cells like mercury, aluminum, and those particular sites they bind to the surface of your cells need nutrients. They need magnesium. They need CoQ10. They need phospholipid. They need phosphatidylserine. They need choline. They need essential fatty acids. They need vitamins and minerals. And if you can't get them into the cells because the metals are in there, then you can do what? Have a blockade. So we start to see where this is going. We have areas where there could be heightened amounts of sugars in our culture today, heightened amounts of GMOs, high amounts of pesticides, which is filled with heavy metal toxins. And you add all these things together, and if we get high amounts of starch and carbs, then you can start to have inflamed brain and leaky brain. And this will follow through with chronic infections that get into the brain, and at times, chronic metals. I was reading a report, um, and there's a really good uh, nonprofit organization called LymeDisease.org, and they were talking about dementia and Alzheimer's. Now, I'm not saying this is the cause for all dementia and Alzheimer's. Please, everybody out there, don't think I'm saying this. But it is something to get checked if you yourself have these types of tendencies or know somebody. And I'll give you a personal story. But they said that the individuals that they did out of 100 people that had given the permission to have autopsies, they said that all of them had had um, dementia that 85 or 87% of them all had evidence of Borrelia Lyme infections in their brain. That literally the cortices of the brain, the areas of the brain had been eaten away by certain forms of bacteria. Because Lyme bacteria will actually corkscrew into the brain. That's what it's shaped like, a corkscrew. It'll corkscrew into the brain and they love the gray matter. They like some white matter, but gray matter is really soft. They get in there of the brain and they'll eat up the sugars and they start to poop. And then your brain's like, wait, there's neurotoxins. And your brain's like, I can't function with these toxins. It's decreasing my flow. So we'll try to get all the natural immune cells out of your, in your brain over to those areas to help with doing what? Cleaning it out. And what does that cause? Higher amounts of inflammation. They found these in individuals with Alzheimer's, I mean with dementia. And 
They were so surprised the amount of spirochetes, which is Lyme, Borrelia, spirochetes, spiral keats, spiral bacteria, that even the CDC had now started to classify in the last, I think, six years, maybe even longer than that, that if you had any type of symptoms of MS, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, they were saying another possibility could be Lyme disease. I don't want this podcast to say, oh, we just blame heavy metals. We just blame toxins. We just blame, you know, high amounts of sugar. It's everything together. Can all of these things trigger your genetic expression of, they say, dementia or Alzheimer's? I believe it could. Um, I think it could definitely do that because remember, with all these perfect storm situations coming into play, your body's ability to utilize fats properly, that's a big thing. Most individuals say, like with fats, you have to use fats to coat your nerves such as essential fatty acids, omegas 3, 6, and 9 in certain ratios. And I agree. But when you have all these omegas in the body, you have to be able to utilize them. One of the things that's really hard about our culture today is that individuals have used so much sugar and eaten so much sugar that you wear out the genetics, the genes that help produce the enzymes to help with what? Breaking down sugars to use as proper amounts of energy. Sugar creates energy. When some of these genes are expressed, these defective genes you get from your parents, I hate to use the word defective, but they're, you know, impaired. It usually means that there are a few other genes and there are a few genes in our bodies that actually tell our bodies how to process fats. And if your body has genetic impairment or defects, as they would say it, some, some people say that you cannot actually tear apart fatty acids properly. If you can't produce cholesterol properly, if you can't utilize choline properly. You having heavy metals, toxins, infections may trigger that defective gene from properly utilizing your fats. So you've trained your body. I've trained. Many people have trained their body to like just eat mostly sugars or high starch content. And so we start to neglect that other part of our body. And so our genes get trained. We're going to just tear down sugars and starches. We're not used to fats. We're not going to utilize them properly. In fact, we're going to take all the sugars and starches we eat and put them into triglycerides and high cholesterol from producing the proper cholesterol to help mend our brain. So when we start to see that these things come into play, we can't just blame one. Now, the first thing many people want to do is like, well, let's go ahead and fix everything and try to fix everything about our diet and, and get all the infections out at one time. It's a gradual process, even with dementia and Alzheimer's. But when you understand that just cutting out high fructose corn syrup, cutting out simple sugars, cutting, it, cutting out the simple starches, all the refined flours, and you start to clean up the bad forms of the sugars, but start to use more complex, you're, starting to, you're going to start to see that those will feed proper things in your brain. You don't want simple starches or sugars or things to feed those infections. So can it trigger your bad genes? I hate these are bad. It can. That's what they say in research that I've seen in the office. But when you start to feed the infections, the infections can starve and they want to come out and play. So some individuals, when they start doing low, no sugar, they start to feel worse because those infections come out of the tissue. They start to make more toxins and you feel brain fog and feel lightheaded and you feel like I actually have more sickness now. So I'm going to go back to eating sugar. One of the biggest keys is to start to eliminate all the toxicities from the infections. And one of the things, if you first test to see if you have any type of infections in the body roaming, roaming around, so you can get binders, like things that will tox, uh, uh, create binding to the toxins. 
and you want to clean up the toxicities from the infections and the infections themselves. So one of the things that I see with, you know, when dementia and Alzheimer's, remember, yes, it can be very genetic and there's neurological study that show that there are genetic implications and in no way I'm saying it's not. I'm saying, what are the things that could accentuate it? What are the things that could lead to the expression of the genes? This is a study of my own that I would love to hear more about. But I always look first into cleaning up the infections and cleaning up the brain. Just like cleaning up. People don't think. People think that you don't clean up the brain. People think that when the brain's injured, it never be healed again. Furthest from the truth. You can heal the brain. Read that book, How the Brain Changes Itself. For all you brain nerds out there, read How the Brain Changes Itself. Uh, read the, How the Body Keeps a Score. Um, there's look into neuroplasticity. There's amazing research. I can't even touch it, how much research and how many smart people out there that know so much more. And I, I'm just so thankful I can read these. Le re read Brainwash by um, Pearl Mutter, Dr. Pearl Mutter, Brainwash. And it talks about cleansing of the brain and how to feed the brain. He's a neurologist. But if you look first, I would first look into Lyme disease. Now, there are a few places that really have good Lyme um, tests. I think, for me personally, I think that Vibrant-Wellness, Vibrant Wellness Labs has a really good tick-borne um, test. Also, write this down, DNA Connections with an X, DNA Connections. I usually try to put all the labs down at the bottom of the show notes. DNA Connections and Vibrant Wellness have really good Lyme disease tests. I also look for chronic strep. Strep in the throat when you're a kid, chronic strep in the mouth, chronic strep, strep in the tonsils. If you had your tonsils removed, it was in your throat. Can those things transfer up into the sinuses, into the brain? Yes. Did you ever have chronic sinus infections or bronchitis, chronic sinus congestion or ear congestion, or ear infections? Those are super easy ways for the body, for the infections to get into the brain. Chronic lymph infections. There's another one called MicroGenDX. MicroGenDX is another lab I've list down. And it actually gives you um, a way to get a sign. It's called the sinus key or sign you key. Well, you can actually blow your nose and you can do little swabs in your sinus to see which type of infections are living in your sinuses. The reason it's so important to find if you have Lyme disease or strep infections or even Epstein-Barr virus infections is that if they ever get to the brain, they have been shown to cause severe, severe amounts of neurotoxicity. So the first thing is to try to identify and if you identify them and you do find them out, try to find a Lyme literate doctor or a strep literate doctor. Find a good practitioner that knows about this because if you already have dementia or if you have Alzheimer's, you want to work with your primary care doctor. But find out if there are safe ways to use herbals or even medications if your doctor deems necessary according to your doctor. But if you look at it and start to clean out the brain, you could clean out the brain gently if you find the right practitioner and you start using gentle herbs. And... If you start to use gentle herbs to clean out the brain, then if you start changing your diet, you start to reduce your sugars. You start using um, low sugar index foods. You start to eat a little bit more protein. You start to incorporate small amounts of fats into the diet, low sugar fruits, working with a nutritionist to help with that balance. If you start cleaning out the infections, you won't go into that severe detox when you start to reduce your sugars. You may not even crave them, crave them as much. So when you start to see that you can clean out the infections, your brain can start getting clearer. Your eyes get wider. They do. And if you find it, it may be a little journey. It takes a while to get these infections out. I'll say this a personal journey. is My mom, when she we um, found out she had, she had a stroke, 
and we found out she had high amounts of Babesia from a regular normal lab court test, high amounts of Babesia and Lyme disease, and she had tremendous amounts of Epstein-Barr virus. Even her primary care doctor was saying, hey, I think the Babesia had a lot to do with clogging up those arteries in her brain. I've been working on her because she's had small amounts of memory loss, and my you know family members would say, I think she's going to have dementia. But I'm thankful because as I start to clean out more and more out of her brain, and now she's working with me to clean out her brain, she is not showing the signs. Her memory's increasing. She's already, her eyes are getting clearer. And I'm not saying that works for everybody, but her family, her mom and dad both died young. Genetically, yes. Do they have stroke, heart attack type symptoms? Yes. So you're working against the genetics as well. With those infections, it doesn't help. So she had severe gum disease too. She would never go and get those places, pockets in her infections around her gums and her sinuses cleaned out. So it takes a while. I've been working on it for about two years. Will it take a little more? Yes. But my goal is to get my mom's uh, movement on her left side fully there or at least 70% there and get her mind and her head clear. She's actually remembering a lot more, which I'm very thankful for. So it hits home. It's close to home for me. I don't want to see my mom lose her memory. It'd break my heart. Be honest with you. I don't want to see my mom have dementia or forget who she is. So for you guys out there that have had to go through this, I understand it's hard. So I'm working hard to clean her infections out gently. Now, I've used Elysium, which is star anise. I'm not saying everybody uses this, but I use Elysium, star anise, Elysium Supreme. I'm using Malia Supreme, which is neem, which is an Ayurvedic clean, cleaner. And these are two cleansers of infections. And... I'm also using chrysanthemum for her. It's Vital Guard Supreme. And this is a big kidney blood cleanser. Cleans all the Epstein-Barr virus out. I had to fluctuate the herbs. And the reason being is sometimes infections get used to one type of herb and they'll run. So finding a good literate doctor to help fluctuate the herbs at certain weeks into the program is good because it changes up the scene. And so I love Supreme Nutrition products. I promote them all the time. If you guys have any questions, please hit me up about that. But we'll put um, a link on the show notes, but they have great research about the herbs that help with different types of infections. If you find you have Lyme, if you find you have strep, look into this website and find out if you can find the herb that resonates with you and ask your primary care doctor if it's good for you to try that and start with a low gentle dose. The dosage is usually equipped for somebody that's about 150 pounds, but you can divide the dosage up for yourself according to your weight. And for children, I usually use tinctures or I you know, check if there's any contraindications, but I just divide it up by their weight. I've seen kids get out of eczema and rashes and even ADD issues. So when you start to see that you have memory issues with children, you start to see ADD, ADHD, and you start to use these herbs, you start cleansing out, reduce the sugars, start to get that diet going to where you can actually feed the brain. One of the biggest things I say see too is that I love using Bacopa, Bacopa Supreme, B-A-C-O-P-A. It's a great herb and it feeds the brain. It heals the memory. Bacopa is done great and it cleanses the brain. Bacopa. Check into this, guys. I love fish oils. I love essential fatty acids. If the body starts to heal, you start getting the infections out where the body can actually process the in infections out. You can utilize fish oils. Reduce that sugar. And then I love glutathione and schisandra. Schisandra berry. Schisandra supreme. S-C-H-I-S-A-N-D-R-A. Schisandra berry and glutathione. Schisandra is a natural glutathione producer, but glutathione is an antioxidant. It helps heal the liver. These are just some of the simple ones. Bacopa, fish oils, schisandra or glutathione. 
to help clean the brain. Utilizing maybe the Malia Supreme, the Neem, or Elysium, Vital Guard Supreme, look into the websites because they will actually help clean out the infections. And we start feeding the brain. I then ask my patients to consider one called Ultra Brain. Now, look into the work of R.E. Witten. He does the um, the blue um, energy blueprint, theenergyblueprint.com. I did a podcast with him, and he talks about mitochondrial function and brain function. I take his Ultra Brain, two of those every single day. After I do my organic coffee, Ultra Brain, and it has phosphatidylserine, phosphatidylcholine. It has alpha GPC. It has many different types of amino acids and constituents to help with brain function. It has turkey tail. It has good reishi mushrooms. It has really good adaptogens for the brain. Look into Ultra Brain and look at something like that. Look into neurotropics, N-O-O, neurotropics, T-R-O-P-I-C. Neurotropics are um, basically food for the brain. So look into neurotropics. I just spelled that wrong. I'm sorry. And um, look at uh, the effects of Ultra Brain or anything that's similarly tied to that type of supplement to help you with brain function. They even say that small amounts of caffeine, even small forms of nicotine in certain combinations are good for the blood flow of the brain. So please research neurotropics. Look at brain adaptogens. Using these with the things I just mentioned will help increase the movement of the brain. Cleaning out the infections. Removing the sugars. Increasing exercise. Doing your best to increase movement to accentuate the joints. Straightening the spine with chiropractic kinesiology. Increase the movement. You have to increase movement. Increase stretching and blood flow to the joints. That's vital. I love using acupuncture to heal the organs. These are a lot of things, but these are just options. Using acupuncture to help increase the energy and the blood flow to the organs. Just those in themselves will help with these types of conditions to get you start to flowing those infections out of the brain and those heavy metals. I love using MT Supreme, Metal Supreme from Supreme Nutrition Products. is a combination of herbs that help drain old all aluminum and lead and mercury. I would use these as a combination. Listen to this podcast again. Write these things down. Research them. See if it's something that you're nearest to. One of the biggest things I want to tell you this before I leave is this. We have these things that we can look into to help nourish the brain. We get, we got to get your brain to build more fats and all the steps I talked about is going to help you with those fish oils to accentuate those fish oils. Please look into ultra brain, look into the work of Ari Witten, look into the energy blueprint. Even Joe Rogan has like his own brain product. I think it's called on it. If you clean out the infections, if you then can reduce the sugars, if you then can help heal the gut, because once you start cleaning out those infections, you're going to notice that your digestion gets better. And those infections will clean the brain, but it be cleansed out of the brain, but it also be cleansed out of your gut. That's another point. You have to clean the gut by reducing the sugars. And you're going to see that's going to have a synergistic effect. The gut will get better. The bloating will go away when you take the herbs in the right combination. That's what I've seen. But with ADD, ADHD, Alzheimer's, dementia, they say in German New Medicine that it all starts with the separation conflict alongside the feeling stuck. When they say separation, they say that dementia and Alzheimer's usually starts with individuals when they're young, when they felt like they were separated, either separated from their friends, from their school, from their parents. They felt isolated from their parents. Separation. Separation conflict. And then feeling stuck like you can't move forward in life. You're stuck in this position. 
And one of the things I always find that's very interesting with my mom and her brain is that my mom didn't have a really good relationship with her parents because they had so many kids that she was raised mostly by their grandmother. And my grandmother, my grandmother passed away when I was, I wasn't even born yet. So my mom didn't feel close to her mom at all because her mom died so young and her dad wasn't really there. He was always working and he died young too. So there's a separation conflict. There's an area of the brain where the brain gets hyperactive to like get attention. That's the emotional program they say occurs. And my mom has through a genetic report shows that she has ADD and dyslexia. And dyslexia is supposed to be, could be rooted in the psychological programming of separation conflicts and feeling stuck. I'm not saying it is for everybody. I'm not saying that's written down as truth. It's just very interesting. And I want you guys out there to look back for anybody who has uh, dementia or uh, Alzheimer's and look, if that individual or you yourself has had separation conflicts or felt stuck, even if it's from, you know, being cut off from friends when you're young, being cut off from your parents, being cut off from love, something lost in your life. These then need to be examined in emotional programs like we talked about, like EFT tapping, neurofeedback, uh, brain therapy, even talk therapy can actually help you with that. But I love neurofeedback. It helps with the brain. And it helps accentuate this, the transmission of the brain. So these are things to investigate. It's a very important subject. I don't take it lightly. I think it's very serious. And I want any of you guys out there that have found this interesting, this talk, please let me know if you think it was, it was beneficial. Please give us a like and subscribe if you like this. And let us know if you have any other information uh, that would help benefit us. But check those books out. We're going to have some things in the show notes for you. And guys, I just uh, pray that you guys have a blessed day. For all of you guys who are working with individuals or you yourself had dementia and Alzheimer's, prayers and thoughts are with you. Stay energized. Look into this information. See if it resonates with you. Until the next time from the Ancient Health Podcast, I'm Dr. Motley. Please have a blessed day. Love y'all. Take it easy. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.